Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Let's talk about models today, heroes, people that we look up to and their influence takes a hold in our life because we're shaped by those that we not idolize, that wouldn't be a good word, but the people we hold up as our model. You know, I'm wearing this watch here. Sometimes it slides up my hand like that and I'm going like this down. You ever do that? When I was a kid growing up in Brooklyn, playing stickball, basketball, a lot of basketball, softball, street football, punch ball, some of these games you wouldn't know, box ball, we had every kind of ball. There was a guy who lived on the next block named Gilly. He was my hero, my hero. He threw right, but he batted left. He was a great baseball player, stickball player. But I mean, I was much younger than him, but I just watched him. And he had a name bracelet that he would wear. And when he would swing or throw, the bracelet would kind of roll up his arm. And he'd constantly be going like this, just rolling it down. And I just watched him, how he ran. I remember that, how he just, he was amazing. And I was totally into sports. One day my mother said to me, what's wrong with you? I was about 11. What's wrong with you? I said, what? She said, you keep rolling your hand and arm like this, and there's nothing on your wrist. And I went, what? <laughs> and here I was with no watch, no name bracelet. I kept just doing it. You know why? Gilly did it. Gilly did it. I want to ask you a question. Who's your ministry model? That's going to tell a lot about your future, my future, how effective we're going to be. You get the wrong model, you're in the soup. Paul, the apostle, is given to us by God in the New Testament as our model minister. Preaching the gospel, starting churches, teaching, enduring hardship, and it's just fascinating to study what he accomplished under God. When he at one time was heading back to Jerusalem, he stopped at an island called Miletus, a city, and he called for the elders from Ephesus. He had been in Ephesus for three years, and he called them to give a last talk to them. So let's pick that up in Acts 20, because we have some significant things about him that I believe would be great for us to hold up as models. From Miletus, Paul sent to the Ephesus for the elders of the church, the leaders. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. So he is now giving a defense, a rationale for, hey, when I was with you, I'm never going to see you again, he goes on later to say. This is my last time with you. I want to impart something important. But I just want to remind you about some things since I want you to remember, follow me as I follow Christ. So let's listen to this. It's amazing what he says first. You remember how I lived among you for three years. Not how I preached, what book I wrote, the clothes I wore. You know, like I was always in a new robe that kind of matched the decor in the church. No, you know how I lived among you. What does that mean? How I talked, how I reacted, how I responded to people, the concern I showed. You know, it's one thing to be on platform preaching a sermon. It's another thing how you walk among the people. And Paul holds that up as his first defense position. You know how I lived among you. Not how I ministered or preached, how I lived. You know, pastor leader, we can lose a lot of moral authority by acting one way in the pulpit and then being another person 
behind the scenes. Our co-workers at church, the staff, members who see us in a restaurant, talking, laughing, having fellowship. You act crazy. I act rudely. I say a joke that's inappropriate. I show a callousness towards someone in need. People are watching that, and it speaks way louder than a sermon. In fact, some people have said, I can't hear what you're preaching because your actions speak so loud. So let's remember that, to be a good leader and keep our spiritual authority. You can't have a bad testimony how you live and then get up and say, hey, everybody, listen to what I'm saying. Hear the word of the Lord. People are too hip. They're not going to buy into that. Notice he goes on to say, you notice how I not only lived, but I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. Notice he says, I served the Lord. I was not a people pleaser. I didn't answer to some board, ultimately. It is a very effective facet of our personalities in God if we let it be known that we are serving the Lord. We're not doing it for a buck, not doing it for a check, not going to, oh, what do you want me to speak on? Oh, what, what should I do over here? And be a hireling. No, no, he was nobody's hireling. He was the servant of the Lord. You know how I served the Lord. Not try to please people. And then he says, as again, a model for us, you know how I lived, I was among you, then how I served the Lord. Now he says, with great humility, not just humility, but great humility and with tears. I ask you, who in the 21st century minister would use as their resume? Remember how I was humble, greatly humble among you, and served you with tears. That is like unthinkable, and yet God inspired that in Holy Scripture so that we could learn something. He said, look, it wasn't about me. I wasn't the focus. I wasn't center stage. Jesus was. I was serving the Lord, wanted him to be lifted up. That is quite a difference, don't you think, to a lot of the showy, ego-centered ministry that you can see in churches. By the way, it can be in little churches, and it can be in huge mega churches, where the show is about the pastor. Here he comes, here's Johnny, and now he's going to put on the show, and everyone goes, oh, isn't he amazing? How funny, how clever, how erudite, oh, wow. No, Paul said, I did it with great humility because I was like our Lord. Remember in Philippians 2, who emptied himself and took his place on earth, even though he was God, didn't hold on to that, but became human, even taking the place of a servant and being obedient, even to obedience on the cross, died for our sins. What a good model for us. You can't strut and have the Holy Spirit anoint you at the same time. In fact, that's one of the signs that someone has met the Lord and been close to the Lord or had fellowship with the Lord. Woo, you go down. But it's great to go down because then he can lift us up. But if you go up, woo, the elevator ride is real quick going down. And then he says with tears, again, is this not foreign? Who would say, yeah, and I loved you so much, I served God and you with tears, pleading with you, trying to hold you close to Jesus, fight off the false doctrine that might invade the church that I love so much, with great humility and tears. What a good model. Now, you can't fake it. You can't fake humility. Humility is that virtue that if you think you have it, you don't. That's how you know if you're humble. If you think you are, you're not. But he goes on to say more than with great humility and tears. He said, you know that I have never hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but 
have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So I just want to color this in fully as our model. You know that I never held anything back that was helpful. Paul prayed and was analyzing the people like parents analyze their children. What do they need to eat? Not do they want to eat. Otherwise, you'd be giving them Oreo cookies, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, the selection of sermons, the way we pray with them, everything was one thing in his mind. Will this help them? Come on, think about that before we preach this next Sunday. Will this be helpful to the people? Sometimes it's got to be kind of straight at them, you know? Sometimes it's got to be, no, they need encouragement. We're going through a hard time. Whatever it might be, it has to be helpful. Otherwise, why do it? Why are we having even a service? Lastly, he said, I preached the gospel. You remember, I gave the true message of God. What was it? Two-pronged. Repentance of sins for both Jews and Greeks and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ for both Jews and Gentiles. There are no two gospels. If you hear someone say that, they're tripping. There's only one gospel, and it comprises you've got to turn from the way you're living, which is wrong before God, and turn to Jesus. You can't Turn to Jesus and hold on to the things that he died for. That is impossible. Now, that might make church growth possible and more people hang out because they're never made uncomfortable. But now you've prostituted. We've really messed up our calling. Our calling is not legalism, not pow, pow, pow. But no, to turn to Jesus and no forgiveness, you must turn from that. Repent of it. Confess it. It's wrong. My way is wrong. Jim Simbola is wrong. And I turn to Jesus, oh, forgive me and make me right. That's the one message that we must all be preaching. Are you doing that? I pray you are. I trust you are. What an amazing model we have in the Apostle Paul. So let's start today. God, help us to be the kind of ministers that at the end of the day we'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. God bless you.